Welcome to another episode of Across the States. I'm Dan Reynolds, your host. Today, I'm sitting down with the director of our sister organization here at ALEC, the American uh, City County Exchange, John Russell. He's our director there. Thank you very much for sitting down. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. Of course. And calling in straight from uh, Sumner County in Tennessee is Jeremy Mansfield. He's a county commissioner out there, but he also owns his own branding and web design firm. We're going to be talking today a little bit about a recent tax increase that's been going uh, in Tennessee and in Sumner County. Jeremy, thanks so much for calling in. Yeah, appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. So, so John, what's going on in Tennessee? Well, it's interesting. Uh, Jeremy is, uh, is a member of the American City County Exchange, and um, recently I'd come across his post about a, a tax increase that he was uh, fighting at the time uh, back in August, uh, and not just any tax increase. You know, usually you see counties that will, you know, maybe increase taxes one, maybe two percent, um, but we're talking a, a seventeen point three percent increase in oh, property wow. taxes, and. Um, you know, and Jeremy, I mean, I'm sure the county did a performance audit on the books and decided and looked at the efficiency and effectiveness of uh, county government and said, listen, we're spending at 100 percent efficiency. And so we need to raise taxes. Is that how that went? Not in my opinion. No. And that of many, <laughs> many others. <laughs> so I, I would disagree with that statement. I'm and, shocked. Yeah. Well, another thing to consider is this is the second tax increase we've had in less than five years. Uh, four and a half years ago, they did a 24% tax property tax increase. And so this is actually 41.3% increase in property taxes in less than five years in our county. Wow. So it sounds like that you and Commissioner Mo Taylor um, basically have led the charge on uh, trying to defeat this property tax uh, increase. And uh, can you can you lay the groundwork for us and, and tell us how this came about? I think there's a courthouse and parking garage that's associated with this. Um, it is. Well, you know, it's, it, you know, every any municipality, government or county government, you know, it, it, it's the age age old argument. You know, do we have a spending problem or do we have a revenue problem? And so there are certain cases where people might have revenue problems where premiums and insurance goes go up and they have to make cuts in certain areas or, you know, that they were unexpected or. But in, in the case of our county, it, it is not a, a revenue problem. We are definitely flush with cash and have been actually in the past four and a half years. We've had almost 30 million dollars in unbudgeted revenues and budget surpluses, um, which they've spent all of it. Um, you know, they've definitely anything extra. Uh, one thing our, our, our county finance director does do a good job of, I guess I will say, is that he does it. He budgets based on zero growth, uh, which is good, um, you know, because if we have a recession or anything like that, we're not, you know, any kind of building going on, you know, zero growth revenue. So that's a positive. But, but considering that when you have over $30 million in unbudgeted, you know, revenues and actually budget surpluses, um, you have to start asking yourself what's going on. And really, in my opinion, in the opinion of many others, it's, it's really a leadership problem and on, on priorities and just not being forthright, truth, truthful and honest. And one of the things that was, um, sold to the citizens for this property tax increase. Well, it, it wasn't the main thing. It, the, the, you mentioned the judicial center and a parking garage that ended up being really <clears throat> the elephant in the room that really uh, what it was about. But what our county commission is trying to say is like, well, we've got to capture inflation. You know, we've got to raise taxes roughly 14 cents um, to capture inflation. 
And but if you look at the uh, um, consumer price index and look at the, the inflation indicators, you know, Summer County has exceeded that by between one to three percent, almost to five percent every year in their revenues. So they have outpaced inflation and in revenues substantially. And so really what that is, when you say we have to capture inflation, it's just uh, lazy governing and it's an excuse for spending. Summer County added almost 40 new employees to the payrolls this budget cycle as part of that inflation. So, they, you, it, you know, it, it's it's just a way of saying, hey, we're not spending um, responsibly. And, uh, and, and and to say that we have to capture inflation, it's just a sneaky but really a politically painless solution to your spending problems. And um, as our county budget director said in a meeting, uh, you know, when when you know, in your recession, you have to cut county services. Well, he admitted that 95 percent of county services is payroll. So here you are saying in a recession, you know, which by all indicators we might be going into in a couple of years, um, you, when, when you're in a recession, you have to cut services, which is 95% payroll for Summer County, but then yet you go and increase your county payroll by 40 new employees. That just doesn't make any sense. And so, <clears throat> so you have to look at what what Sumner County's problem is, really what it comes down is to is debt capacity. The credit card is maxed out. They can't borrow any more money, or at least they couldn't before August. And so what they did back in uh, November of last year is, um, and I'm sorry, I might, it's kind of like everything I say, I keep backing up to what causes this, what causes this, what causes this. It's just a complete domino effect. Um we did a $103 million school bond for two two different schools, a, a one school complex for middle school and a high school. And with a plan to build a, a middle school four or five years from now. But the problem with that is, is that, um, you know, and give or take with your interest, you're, you're around $140 million just for those two schools that we just bonded out for. So Sumner County was maxed out. We couldn't borrow money for four or five more years. So that's a problem when you can't borrow any more money and you're maxed out your credit card. Um, and, um, Little sidebar, our county commission eight years ago actually had a um, resolution to be debt free by 2023 and we're well on their way. And now within, we're well on our way to be almost half a billion dollars in debt within the next year. <clears throat> so you can tell what what tax raises do not equate to financial security. It actually creates problems, you know, just more debt. But going back to kind of what maxed out our debt capacity was, we borrowed for the school complex and, the, you know, and there's, you know, Counties need schools. Everybody knows that, you know, the growth happens. But the big argument in our county is, is how how growth is happening and at whose expense is the growth happening at. And the problem is there are no impact fees or anything like that. And I'm not sure, you know, people are a lot of people hate impact fees. A lot of people like them. Uh, I'm kind of torn on the subject. You know, I understand impact fees. I don't want to penalize somebody who's got an acre or five acres and they got to, you know, spend an impact fee to build on family land versus developers who come in and basically, you know, rape the land and profit immensely at the taxpayer's expense. Because every new development that comes in, it's a mass development with high density, with all these rezoning things that are happening in our county, in our cities that we can't control mostly. Uh, it just puts a burden on the property tax owners in the county. So when every city rezones and, and um, no, you know, takes our residential, our, our, our zoning is basically like 0.92 acres a lot. That's like county zoning, countywide. And so when these cities come and rezone everything and put this high density, you know, this growth doesn't pay for itself because um, it just doesn't. I and mean, rooftops do not pay for growth. And that's a, that's a problem. And, it, and the burden always becomes on the uh, 
property tax owners unless you raise the wheel tax or sales tax or other things, um, and at least where we are. And so the problem is with with maxing out our credit card is, and I, and I went, I just got elected last year for the first time. And I first thing I did is went to the city council meetings to plead with them not to pass these high density residential developments and rezone land near these school complexes because they would trigger a tax increase because the way we'd be forced to have to build a school because you were overcrowding the capacity of the schools in these areas. The cities don't listen because the cities don't care. They don't, they don't pay for the schools. Uh, you know, we don't have city schools in our County. And so that was a problem that kind of triggered this. Uh, we also have a problem with a lot of people who have issues with our County mayor who basically went out and sought land in, in the area near his properties. I say multiple properties uh, to build a school complex in an area where where growth was not naturally happening. So, uh, you know, in people's uh, citizens' opinion, so that he could personally profit from it. And that is surely what it looks like when things start adding up. And so where the school complex came in that maxed out our debt, debt capacity last year is it was in a place where there was no growth happening. You know, what, it was a country rural road in an area that's that growth wasn't happening. But it just so happens our county mayor has 150 acres right past this land. And he also has commercial property right before the, the this, this school on the same road, essentially. So you start scratching. It's almost a little bit like insider trading. A lot of people have said of land speculation. When you can manipulate uh, where things go and you definitely will profit automatically because of where your property sits. And so the problem with that is, is we got two huge school complexes complexes already within six miles of this new school complex. And so, you, and, but the growth isn't happening that way. It's going in the opposite direction where the school complex is. And so I just bring that in to say, because it really has a, a it's part of the narrative of what triggered our tax increase because um, you know, obviously in, in our county, it's kind of a vicious cycle. Uh, I'm not against developers. I have friends who build houses and are in the construction industry and roofing industry and <clears throat> brick masons and et cetera, et cetera. But it really is where um, what, you know, it, it's, it's what I've seen is, is politicians get, uh, get donations from developers, politicians rezone land uh, for developers, developers, target kind of a, a school district and really overload that school district triggers a tax increase. Then you got to go out and build a new school somewhere else in a spot that doesn't have homes uh, in an open rural area. And then what it does is it opens up wide open to development yet again. And then you kind of leapfrog across the County and keep, keep raising taxes, keep raising taxes, keep raising taxes. And, and you just have to ask yourself, why do people want to raise taxes? What well, just comes down to power and, and power and position and influence. And, so that's kind of what led up to this whole courthouse thing. Uh, in the process, our county also wanted to build this massive judicial complex, conservative estimate with a parking garage, $112 million without interest. So you could easily be pushing 40 to $50 million in interest on this and could be an easily $150, $160 million uh, project for the judici judicial complex. But they wanted to do it at the same time. They'd already basically passed measures to six million dollars in like design and architecture firm uh, surveys to do this massive judicial complex uh, at the same time that they were doing count bonds uh, last year for this new school complex. Now, Jeremy, on on that courthouse and parking garage, um, <clears throat> have you have they has your commission looked at all about a public private partnership? There are a lot of companies out there that I'm aware of that that actually will go and build 
facilities and parking garages for governments if they can have a section of it for for retail or for uh, other industries or or has the plan always been just for the government just to take it and pay for it completely to my knowledge yes that's the only plan it's been for that and so so what really happened for our tax increase because the county leaders uh, in my opinion and based on my observation knew that the citizens would not stomach a tax increase just for the judicial complex when it's not necessarily warranted or needed and uh, in a lot of people's opinion and so or, or how the process even happened and so what they did at the last minute to push forward a tax increase for this massive judicial complex because remember they couldn't borrow any more money they needed to get their you raise taxes you increase your debt capacity so what they did five days before we are set to vote on our budget center and and to either accept or exceed our revenue neutral uh, certified rate from the state and from our assessor property. And the director of schools all of a sudden says that he wants to give all certified school employees, which is 2,200 people in our county, a $4,000 raise across the board. That's $8.8 million that was sprung on us at the last minute by the director of schools, who's in an unelected position in Tennessee. Um, that he wants during this budget cycle. We have five business days to think, oh, how do we come up with $8.8 million? Well, people think, you know, five business days to come up with $8.8 million is realistic. Uh, I disagree, but I tried my best and I outlined that in my, my post that you might've read. But um, so, you know, basically the age old, age old adage is, is that, you know, if it's to take something unpopular you create a false narrative around subjects like children or education or healthcare and use them as pawns in order to acquire votes for ulterior motives. And that's exactly what happened in Sumner County is that they knew that they could not uh, get a tax increase just for judicial center. So they, they basically send in the kids and the teachers. And that's what they did four and a half years ago is they, they, the director of school shut down the schools for two weeks because he, during the budget process, after he'd already submitted the budget, he comes back and says he wants $7 million more million. And like, well, no, we've already approved your budget. We're not going to give it to you. So he shut the schools down, basically threw in the, laid on the ground and threw a hissy fit, got all the parents mad, and blamed the county commission for him shutting the schools down because he asked for money after they'd already approved his budget. And so they actually changed state law because of what he did and another county did. So, Jeremy, what? do you think moving forward, what are some of the solutions that you wish some of your fellow county commissioners could see that uh, would help solve some of these high increased taxing problems or these spending problems where people are, and maybe even unelected officials who are deciding to tack on extra spending? I mean, what are the solutions here? It really sounds like a lot of problems. Yeah, and I would even tack on to that. Uh, maybe there's not a, a um, elected political um uh, will to do anything about that, but maybe there is a citizen will to do something about that um, with a possible charter change or uh, any kind of uh, caps that can be imposed locally. Um, is there any kind of discussion moving forward on, on, on you know, prevention of this kind of stuff for the years to come? Unfortunately, there's there's not other than, you know, elections have consequences. And so at the ballot box is really the only recourse citizens have because there's no provisions in our state constitution or in our county uh, to stop anything like this. I mean, Tennessee has some severe conflict of interest. Um, you know, a, a lot of 
members of our county commission are employees of the county or spouses are direct employees of the county. And there's no um, there's nothing saying that you have to basically dismiss yourself from voting for your own pay raises or anything like that or even voting on your own budgets. And so you have that here. And so as far as recourses, there really, unfortunately, is none unless at the ballot box. And so but, the, the you know, the, the, the problem is you know, with all of these things, it, it, all everything could have been done differently. You don't have to raise taxes. You just have to spend wisely or you just don't do it. And you don't have to have, there's a lot of employee positions that uh, uh, people feel that are frivolous, especially at the county level. Um, there are, you know, th- there's things such as in the last tax increase, part of it was sold to put uh, uh, school resource officers in every school. So they raised taxes for that, but they didn't do it. This last tax increase, one of the line items for the, the, you know, the cent allocation was to put SROs in every school. So you have two tax increases in a roll sold as putting SROs in every school, but you didn't do do with the money what you said you're going to do it with. And so, again, that's a leadership problem. It's like, OK, so you, you give a false narrative and you say a tax increases for one thing and you, you tax people and you but you don't set aside the money to do it. You come back less than four five years later and you do the same thing again. So is the money going to be spent for that? And so, you know, but what we did is try to look at the school budgets. We try to look at, uh, you know, the, the wheel tax or different ways. Um, to fund this. And basically myself and, and Commissioner Mo Taylor were able to find almost all of the $8.8 million that they needed. Um, it just, they just went, I got called out of order five times when I was just trying to present alternate solutions because they didn't want to hear it. So in, in this process though, was this, do you think that this budget increase was driven primarily first and foremost by staff or and then the the commissioners got on board with it, or was this commissioner driven, and the staff you know obviously wholeheartedly agreed with it and moved it forward, um, as far as getting back yes. to the genesis of that. This is, in my opinion, it's commission driven. Uh, for talking about staff, I mean, if you're talking about all the teachers getting pay, um, teachers are used as pawns, and a lot of teachers did did not appreciate it. But in, in our school system, uh, in our county, a lot of there have been. Teachers and parents who have children who are teachers have been fired just because they were speaking out against the government here. And so it's very vindictive and very uh, real that, that if anybody speaks out against our government, if you are employed or a family member is employed, you will get dismissed or removed. Commissioner Mo Taylor's wife got uh, fired from her job because he spoke out against uh, what was happening. So, um, you know, but the county commission is. You know, in Sumner County, everybody's a Republican. I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative, a Christian Republican. Uh, I can call myself constitutional um, conservative more than I call myself a Republican these days because everybody in our county is Republican because if you run as a Democrat, you can't win. So there, there are several members of our legislative body, including our county mayor, who yes, used, used to be Democrats. And, and, and I'm not trying to make this necessarily partisan, even though it, I am a partisan position, because I have definitely a lot of Democrats and a lot of liberals that support me in my efforts, because a lot of my efforts are nonpartisan. You know, it's, it's land preservation and, uh, you know, tax increases and, and things like that. And <clears throat> so I definitely have a lot of bipartisan support. Um, but I only say that is because if you call yourself a Republican and you're for limited government and fiscal responsibility, we have a Republican um, commission that does nothing but inflates and bloats budget at every in government and every opportunity they have. And they raise taxes at every opportunity they have. And so that's not really what my understanding of Republican form of government is, at least with the Republican Party. And so um, so I only say that because we we are partisan, but. 
it was commissioner driven, not, not uh, staff driven in my opinion. So Jeremy, as, as we wrap up here, I, uh, one last thing, I, I saw a recent post that you put uh, to add insult to injury. The city of, uh, of uh, Goodlitzville is, uh, has, or is about ready to increase taxes um, to add to the county burden. Uh, they're actually going to increase them uh, above and beyond that. Um, so yeah, about 20, 26% yeah. property tax increase. It, it, it's about 23.63% exactly is what it is proposed into this week's the final reading. And, and really what it came down to, uh, a citizen was able to just give me information. He dug into the budgets. He works for the state of Tennessee and the county uh, for the comptroller. And it really came down to the insurance premiums and realizing that the city of Goodlitzville pays 92% of the premium premiums for the insurance. And that was way more than Metro Davidson County, uh, which is uh, only 70%. And Summer County only pays, pays 80% premiums and city of Goodlitzville is 92 percent the only thing that he found that paid more than that was basically uh the uh, i guess the uaw the what are they, the auto workers union and gm they pay 96 percent of their employees uh health care premiums and so Goodlitzville is almost it's so it's it's so when when you're trying to raise taxes 23 percent but yet you have the highest amount of premiums you pay, pay for insurance out of any anywhere um, you got to start looking at, you know, hey, who's the burden of this need to be on? Because the county just got hit with 17.3%. Now you're going to hit the city county residents, which I am in the city of Gillisville. I'm going to get hit with another 23% on top of my 17.3%, on top of my 24% four and a half years ago. Um, and it's it's extremely burdensome. It's burdensome for the uh, elderly. It's uh, burdensome for uh, people. My, my parents are elderly. I uh, have to pay for their elder care, um, getting ready to. And and my dad has dementia of beginning Alzheimer's. My mom's basically crippled and disabled. Um, their property taxes have gone up 74.75% in six years, my parents alone. So you, you got to understand, or their property values, excuse me, um, and which is basically over a $600 increase on their property tax bill every year, which can go to a lot of things when you break that down on a monthly basis for elder care when they, medications and stuff. And so these dollar amounts really are real. You know, people think, well, it's only some commissioners have flippantly said, well, it's only the cost of a two, two cheeseburgers a week and you can pay that. And there's a lot of callous statements like that that have been said in the past and as recent of comparison of, it's only like, you know, $16 a month. Like I can go without uh, eating out twice a month for lunch. Uh, it's like, well, you might be able to, but somebody else might not be able to. It's extremely arrogant. It's calloused. And it just shows a, a, a blatant disregard for people and their situations and representing off people and, and not doing what you can to live within your means. And our county government does not do what they can to live within their means. In my opinion, the city government doesn't either. At this yeah. Well, Jeremy, I really appreciate you calling in to talk to us about uh, Sumner County, its problems, debt's problems, the, the tax increase, and, and really this the kind of this flippant behavior toward individuals uh, that's going on right now. Before we close, I always like to ask my guests, um, our audience is filled mostly with state legislators because ALEC is an organization of state legislators. So what would you like state legislators in Tennessee to hear from you? What is the lesson they need to know from this? I think there needs to be a laws change in Tennessee for conflict of interest that county employees cannot be county commissioners and vote on their own budgets uh, because you have uh, the chairman of our commission is the assistant director of schools. And he went lobbying to all the schools and to, to principals to tell them to have their teachers show up 
and wear red, show up, basically said the opposition can't get there. And so you can get your teacher, your cat, your, your pay raise increases. That's, uh, in, in my opinion, abuse of power. So uh, one is a conflict of interest law should be passed so that you can't be a, a county commissioner, or county employee. You can't do it in the state of Tennessee. You can't be in a, uh, an employee of the state and be an elected official at the federal level. You can't do it. And in all, in all the cities in all 95 counties in the state of Tennessee, you cannot be a city employee and be a city councilman or alderman or city commissioner or whatever they call them. So the counties are the only level you can do that. And it's, it's just wrong. You know, it's not to denigrate somebody's character or say somebody's unethical, unethical because they do that. I just think it's a major conflict of interest. That's why conflict of interest laws exist. That's one thing. Uh, another thing is I think uh, we have a problem with eminent domain. Uh, I think kind of state legislatures ought to really look at their eminent domain laws and tighten those up where people can't have private property stolen for public amenities such as greenways or parks. I uh, understand eminent domains for utilities, sewers, uh, power, water lines, but uh, you, you shouldn't basically steal people's land to profit private development with amenities that aren't necessary um, for public infrastructure. Um, that's one thing that I would love to see uh, state legislatures change. Um, state of Idaho is state of Idaho has already done that. I wish Tennessee would follow suit in that as well. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, uh, thank you again. This has been uh, Dan Reynolds from Alec across the state sitting down with Jeremy Mansfield, a Tennessee Sumner County commissioner. Thank you for calling in. Yeah. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. And also joining me is the director of the American city County exchange, John Russell. Thank you very much for sitting down. Thanks for the opportunity. Of course. And if you have an idea and you'd like to be featured on the Alec across the states podcast, please email across the states at alec.org. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Across the States, the leading state-focused policy podcast presented by the American Legislative Exchange Council, the premier free market organization of and for legislators. To learn more about our work or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit alec.org. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Twitter at Alec States. The views and opinions expressed on Across the States are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Legislative Exchange Council.